Good morning. Uh, so what are we, uh, a week and a day before Christmas? How's it feel? It's good. It's good. You get, there are two people that are super excited about this. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, as you guys know, uh, we are in Advent. We're three, three weeks into five with one week to go. I know that math doesn't quite work out. Uh, the two people that are awake chuckled. It's, um, we're going to do two and one on the final week, so that's, uh, that's how we're going to get there. Um, so this week was super exciting because we, we lit a different color candle. It's the pink candle, which is the joy candle. So today it's all about joy. We are lighting joy on fire today, as I said earlier. So, uh, and it was, uh, it was awesome to do Joy to the World this morning. Do you guys do, does anybody do Advent at home? Do you guys do Advent readings at home? A couple people. I used to when there was chocolate involved. We did it with our kids, um, but we don't, we, don't do it. we don't do it so much. Uh, but I want to talk about joy uh, today. And so, um, you know, I want to talk about joy. First, I want to just say joy versus happiness. There's a difference there. We sometimes uh, mix those up, but there's lots and lots of joy that you see around this time of year. And uh, I think sometimes we confuse that with happiness. You know, uh, joy is different than happiness. Happiness, I think of it anyway. These are my definitions or my ideas about it. It's more of a, of a temporary thing. It's a temporary uh, temporary thing that's based on your circumstances. So sometimes you're happy because things are happy around you. In other words, you could go to Disneyland, which is the happiest place on earth. You may or may not experience deep joy while you're there, right? Uh, but there is certainly some temporary happiness that you're going to experience during that based on your circumstance. But I think joy is different. It's eternal, and it carries you through situations. It's not just dependent on the situations or the things that happen around you. It's the thing that's within you, eternal, that carries you forward through that. Um, I think of them as happiness really being from you. In other words, it's kind of self-born. Uh, you create your happiness. Sometimes you can make yourself happy uh, typically it's with some thing like chocolate or coffee or you know, some, other, some other kind of substance. Uh, and it's really, it's from you and it's about you. It's, it's not really about anything else. And I think joy is different. It's from God and it's about God. Right? That's very, very different than it being from you and about you, uh, which is why we celebrate joy this season and we don't say it's the happy candle, it's the joy candle. Right? A little different. Um, but, you know, not everyone is super excited about all this joy stuff this time of year. Uh, there's a guy named uh, Tim Hansel, and he, uh, he's an author um, out of Seattle. He's passed away, but he uh, wrote a number of books, one of them called uh, Never Stop Dancing was one of them. Um, but he talks about pain, pain and joy. He says, pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. We cannot avoid pain, but we can avoid joy. Right? There's plenty that you can do to avoid joy. And sometimes we work pretty darn hard to avoid joy. Before I go into the next slide, I'm going to say uh, early on in my, my marriage to my lovely wife, uh, Rebecca, we, um, I grew up with a lot of sarcasm in my family. It was actually a, 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 an expression of love. But, but if you don't grow up with that, it's downright hurtful. It really is. 
And so we, uh, we had to ban sarcasm uh, in our household very early in our marriage. I think before, before our first anniversary, we literally said no sarcasm in our household at all. That is limited to our household, okay? Limited to the house. So I'm thankful today that I have a little bit of an outlet uh, for some of that sarcasm that's built up over the years. So <laughs> go with me with that. Um, so like I said, not everybody is super excited about, about joy this season, so we're going to instead focus on four ways to avoid joy this Christmas. If you happen to be one of those folks who doesn't really want joy this season, and we're going to look at uh, some lessons from the people who were at the manger, right? I think that's a good place to look. You guys still with me? <laughs> Excellent. Okay, good. Well, so, you know, first we're going to take a look at just an observation from the birth, right? They look incredibly happy. There's joy oozing out everywhere. But there are some issues here. Uh, They seem pretty oblivious to uh, reality, I'd say, overall. They're generally pretty ignorant about their current situation. I mean, if you look at the picture, if you look at some of the details, they are in a manger. There are animals all around, and she just gave birth. All sorts of problems with that. There are probably regulations being broken. I'm guessing it's not really fit to sleep in this barn, and they're having a baby in it. It's certainly not safe at all. No professionals. There are no doctors, no nurses. There's not even uh, a mom. There's no mom there. There's nobody who's delivered a baby before, an aunt, a sister, a friend, a midwife. None of that's there. Joseph is completely out of his element, I am sure having been in a similar situation without the animals, I am sure that he is out of his element. And yet, joy abounds. Everyone's happy. The baby's happy. The mom and dad are happy. The angels are happy. The shepherds are happy. And and I think there may be even downright joy happening probably from the animals too, right? It's problematic. So let's start by looking at Mary. We'll see what lessons we can learn from Mary about how to avoid joy this Christmas season. Okay? A little bit of background. Mary is likely about 13 years old. She's poor. Uh, She lives in very rural, uh, name your rural backwoods place. Uh, She's from there. Um, She's engaged to be married. Uh, She... It's betrothed is what it says. So betrothed, it's a little bit more than just engaged. So today, sometimes we have a hard time connecting in context because today people are engaged, they get unengaged. It happens all the time. In a betrothal, uh, there's sort of a a longer commitment, almost illegal. They're kind of pre-married, if you will. Um, And so they have this commitment. It's going to happen within the year. I don't know how much longer, but it's going to happen. They've committed to each other. Um, Her aunt Elizabeth is pregnant six months, which is actually pretty amazing because Aunt Lizzie has been barren for a long time, for her entire life, and now she's going to have a baby. Um, Her uncle, Zachariah, he's a priest, and he uh, had recently become mute um, because uh, he had a run-in with an angel, and now he can't speak anymore. Uh, And we know that she loves God and that she loves Joseph. That's about what we know about, about Mary. So let's look at her story Uh, in Luke. It says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, 
Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, "Uh, how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The baby will be born. The baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. So remember, we're trying to uh, get some tips here on how to avoid uh, joy this season, and and I just want to point out a few things here that are problematic in the text. Okay, first off, uh, Gabriel says. She's going to conceive and give birth to a son. Uh, He's going to be really great, son of the Most High, have a throne, a kingdom that will never end, and the Holy Spirit's going to come upon her to to make this all happen. So if if many of you are like me in these situations, I mean, this is an anxiety banquet. It really is. There's so much going on here to worry about. A lot, right? First off, Gabriel turns Zach into a mute, and now he's in front of me. This is really frightening. I have a lot to worry about. I'm being spoken to by the guy who made my uncle a mute. Uh, I'm engaged. I'm a virgin, and this whole conceive and give birth to a son thing is going to be a problem. It could be a challenge in this, in this situation. Who's going to raise this perfect kingdom forever savior guy? Me? The, the 13-year-old poor rural girl, I'm going to raise this perfection thing? This is a problem. Uh, he's going to reign forever, and I'm supposed to raise him from birth. And then finally, is Joey really going to believe this Holy Spirit caused this thing at all? There is a lot, a lot to worry about here, right? You just feel it. You feel the anxiety. What am I going to do about this? She starts off right. She starts questioning it. She says, hold on a second here. How can this be? I'm a virgin. This is not possible. Right? She starts off on a good foot, good foot, kind of questioning what's going on around her, push back a little bit. I'm not taking this on. But shortly after that, it kind of falls apart. The whole thing falls apart in the next verse because she makes this statement. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left. I mean, with all that anxiety in front of her, all that stuff she could worry about, everything that could go wrong, she says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it happen the way you said. And then, of course, her demise. A few verses later, Mary said, My soul praises the Lord's greatness. My spirit finds what? joy. My spirit finds joy in God, my Savior. I think that was her critical mistake right there. She did this whole thing of, I'm God's servant. Let it be as you have said. right. Here's a tip for her. Number one, if you're going to avoid joy, absolutely, positively, focus on your anxiety. There is so much in this world to worry about. Focus on it. The problems that you have, everything that could go wrong, Don't let those worries go just because you are God's servant, okay? 
Focus in on them. Don't let them go. Tip number one. Because remember, you cannot be fearful and joyful at the same time. You just can't do it. It's not possible. Okay? There's your first tip. Let's look at Joseph. Joseph, we know a little bit less about Joseph. He's a carpenter, engaged to be married within the year. He loves God, and he loves Mary. That's about what we know about him. Um, And then they have the talk, right? Mary's been visited by the angel. She knows this stuff's going to happen. She sits down with Joseph, and she says, Joey, you know I love you. You know I'm committed to you would never do anything to hurt you at all. I'm pregnant. Now, the simple facts here are that they're engaged. As Joseph knows them, they're engaged. He has never had sex with her, and she's pregnant. Them's the facts, right? I mean, it appears as though she's done something really, really hurtful to Joseph. She's, she's gone out behind his back. She's yeah, some other relationship. I mean, these are the simple facts, Mary. Uh, and you can just see the look. Look, we've had a good run. I mean, you can see the look in his eye. He's about ready to, to, to let it go, right? And just, uh, just kind of end the relationship. Uh, he has been very faithful. And, uh, and he's worked hard on their relationship. And then she does this. This is going to hurt for a long time. He's going to get to bottle this up and carry it with him for, I don't know how long, maybe the rest of his life. I mean, if he plays it right, he could avoid joy maybe forever in this situation. He has the right to get mad. He has the right to get even. He can hold a grudge. I mean, at the very least, post some bad stuff about her. Say some things so that everybody knows I've been wronged here, right? So what does he do? Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. He instead, in Matthew 19, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. I mean, he had every right to be mad. And he chose to forgive her and let go of this hurt when this could have fueled resentment for years to come. I mean, how is everybody going to know what she's done if he just sort of quietly puts this away? I think he missed an opportunity to avoid joy for a long time here. I think he really did. There's no payback in this. There's no revenge. There's no resentment, anything. He just says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this go because I, I love her, respect her. I'm sure she had the right intentions. I'm sure her heart really was, you know, in the right place. So tip number two If you want to avoid joy this Christmas season, focus on those wrongs that have been done to you. I mean, you have a lifetime of hurt that you can focus on. All sorts of things that people have done to you that you can just dwell on. And uh, they should probably fester for a little while, and you will certainly not have any joy this season. Yeah, you are are (laughs) sure to avoid joy. Remember, you cannot be angry and joyful at the same time. You just can't. You just can't. So focus in on those things. Carry them with you. I I don't really see a lot of people taking notes here so far, um, but I'm sure you're going to get it. I mean, as it turns out, in this instance, 
had Joseph posted things about her on social media or had he went around and said things or had some public display. I mean, it turns out in this case that in Matthew 20, it says, as he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son. You're to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So it turns out, I mean, it was on the up and up, but in your situation, it probably isn't. I mean, those things that you hold on to, the bad things you assume people are thinking about you and their motivations, that's probably different, right? Just hold on to it. All right, we've got a couple more tips for you in case these ones aren't aren't resonating with you. We want to look at the shepherds. Shepherds, now, let's learn about shepherds a little bit. These are, these are working class. These are hardworking folks. They're kind of on the outskirts of society, not really the center, not the folks that get invited to the parties. They're, they're typically poor, a little bit smelly, uh, just from the animals mostly. I mean, uh, they're generally clean people, but, you know, they're, the animals really do it to them. Um, they are often at risk uh, in their hard work, and they, uh, they are out there, risking their lives to protect their, their flock. Uh, and, you know, uh, you wouldn't quite call them outcasts, but again, not buddies. These are kind of rough and tumble sort of, sorts of folks. You know anybody like that? Maybe. Besides Tucker, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so let's look at their story. We heard a little bit of it this morning in the reading. Uh, so there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So what do you think about when you read this? I mean, in the context that we're trying to avoid joy this season, this is a massive disturbance, right? It's a huge disturbance. Except it's, mis- did I misspell that? No. Okay, good, I got it. It just looks weird with that font. Uh, massive disturbance. They're busy. These guys have work to do. They have a lot going on in their lives. Not to mention the fact that they're kind of outcasts and they're not like everybody's buddy. People don't really buddy up with them all the time. This big party in the sky going on while they're trying to tend their, tend their flock is a problem. Who's going to get all this work done? Right? You guys see this? Unfortunately, uh, I think they missed an opportunity here to avoid joy. Because what the shepherds do in this moment is, you see it there, when the angel had returned to heaven, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds say to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They respond. They say, wait, This amazing thing, miraculous thing, God just uh, appeared, intervened in our lives. 
we're going to respond and go after it. Again, I think that's a missed opportunity to avoid joy. And then, to make matters worse, they hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger after seeing the shepherds told everyone what had happened. Then they told everyone. This is very problematic. They told everyone uh, what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to the flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So, I mean, you can see the problem here, right? Um, They hurry to the village and they find Mary and Joseph there. The outcome is, at the very end, they go back glorifying and praising God. All sorts of joy going on again. Uh, They could have averted this situation, I think. Here's a couple of tips. Uh, Maybe if they're in this situation again, if you're in this situation again where you're out where you're out working or doing something productive and God appears. Or you hear about some person or you hear about something that God's doing. Here's a tip for you to avoid joy this season. Don't let God interrupt your busy life. You guys have a lot to do. You have a lot going on. You probably have presents to buy. You have gifts to wrap. You have dinners to plan. Maybe even parties that you're putting together. Christmas cards? Do you guys even have your Christmas cards out yet? No. No. There's a ton to do. An overly busy life will certainly prevent joy from getting you off task. I mean, just jam your life full of so much stuff and do not let God come in and interrupt that. Okay? I think that's a good tip for you guys. Fourth one, there's two lessons actually from, uh, from the shepherds here. Uh, the fourth and final uh, tip to avoid joy is don't go around talking to people about things that God has done in your life. Here's the problem. If you start talking about things that God has done in your life, it's possible that you will not only produce joy yourself, you might actually spread joy. It's contagious like a disease. You might actually spread joy in this process. That would be incredibly tragic. Then you're guilty of spreading the very thing you're trying to avoid this season. Take heed. (laughs) Now, if potentially, I'm sensing possibly you guys are not trying to avoid joy this season, I see you out there. You're trying to actually find joy this season. You might be one of those God bless us everyone sort of folks, right? Uh, You're the post-dream Scrooge, not the pre-dream Scrooge. I guess you could flip these things around. I guess you could turn this around. You could say, you know what, if I want to find joy this season, maybe I should... Just stop letting that anxiety drain my joy. Maybe uh, I should make fear and worry out of season this Christmas. Fear and worry are just out of season. We don't do it this season at all. Forget the anxiety. Uh, You can forgive people. 
some of those past hurts, those terrible things that have happened, uh, whatever it's been in your life, you can forgive those and let them go. Not for them, for you. Because when you dwell on those hurtful things, guess who suffers? The person that hurts you? They have no idea that you're dwelling on this. It doesn't bother them at all. It's you. Right? That resentment eats away at your joy, not theirs. Uh, let go of those old hurts. Don't let bitterness and resentment steal your joy any longer. Find God in your busy life. You could find God in your busy life. Uh, don't be too busy to be interrupted in those moments and chase after what God says is, is going on around you. You hear those things. You know those people. You watch somebody in need. Respond. Go after those things. Um, this Christmas, guaranteed God will put things in front of you, people in front of you um, that he's working in. Um, Tis the season. And, uh, and it's your choice to respond to those or not. And then, I guess if you're looking for tips for finding joy, you could even tell people uh, what you love about Christmas. Here's why I love Christmas. It's birth of my Savior. Uh, it's uh, restored my relationship with the creator of the universe through a baby. It's pretty incredible. Can I tell you the story and tell you what happened in my life? Um, so <clears throat> when you do, uh, guaranteed, your joy will multiply. And I guess with all this, I would ask yourself, uh, you know, if this is a trade-off and these are the things that, that drain my joy, what are you trading your joy for and, and is it a good deal? Are you getting a good deal? Am I trading my joy for anxiety? Am I trading my joy for resentment? Am I trading my joy for a busy life? Am I, am I trading it for, you know, just keeping to myself and not telling other people about it? Um, is it worth the trade? Are you getting a good deal? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recap the, uh, the Christmas all about thing here that we read this morning uh, because uh, I'm guessing that you're going to run into these kinds of people. You're going to run into the Charlie Browns that say, I guess I don't know what Christmas is all about. I guess I don't really know what Christmas is all about. You're going to run into those people, I'm guessing, right? So we're going to watch this. Watch this here. So there's going to be audio, Stephen. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy. Let's stop it there. We'll leave the rest for the the rest of the candles, but um, fear not, I bring you tidings of great joy. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the text, what the text actually says is, I bring you good, no, good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today. Um, and here's what I'll say. There's these two statements in there. There's good news and there's great joy. And, and 
I want to make a distinction there. I think it's good news until it becomes personal, then it's great joy. Right? We, we, we have lots of good news in our lives. I heard, uh, I was listening to a sermon, somebody talked about this, and they said, you know, if you, if you call me and tell me that you won the lottery, that's good news. If I get a call that says, I won the lottery, that's great joy. <laughs> right? Uh, so think about it that way. Good news is something I hear about something else. Great joy is something that happened to me, changes my life, changes my heart. Um, so uh, his, his presence, and you read that text, it says that uh, the good news that becomes great joy is that the Savior has been born today. And I think we have this opportunity where uh, the, the Savior is present with us all the time. He's here not only today and, and not only in this Christmas season, but every day. And, and I'd say, uh, right now, uh, are we recognizing His presence? Um, his presence now is good news, and will you today let it be great joy in your life?